an incredible increase. 2019, a year of incredible increase. I don't know how that sounds to you when I say it, but as I began to see what God was speaking to us for this year, it really, really excited me. Not only did it excite me, there was also a sense of uncertainty and uh, a little bit of trepidation in what, what would this look like in 2019. What would this year 2019 look like for me? What would it look like for us as a ministry and a church? What would it look like for you as we were praying for you and thinking about what God was desiring for you guys for 2019? And uh, on one side there was this excitement of the possibilities that are endless and beyond our understanding and imagination. And then sometimes that little uncertainty of the what if, what if it isn't an incredible year. What if when I look back in 2019, it isn't the increase that I was expecting in 2000 at the start of 2019. And if I'm honest with you, and if you're honest with me, when we are believing God for something amazing, when we are believing and setting our sights and our focus for the future, we can't couple it with uncertainty and fear. Because our focus has got to be right. Genesis chapter 26, we're going to be looking at the story of Isaac. We pick up the story of Isaac where he is no longer a young boy, but he's a young man, married with children, and he is taken over, as it were, the inheritance and the legacy of Abraham. And he's his own man in his own right in a relationship with God. And we see in verse 26 that there is a severe famine that strikes the land where Isaac was living. And so Isaac moves to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. Now these were two irreconcilable communities. But we remember as we think of the story of Abraham, he also had some dealings with Abimelech. And Isaac again finds himself there. And in the midst of this famine, God speaks to Isaac as he is repositioned to a place that he's unfamiliar with. And he says, the Lord appeared to Isaac and says, verse 2 of 26, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. And I hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants. It's an instructional 
word that God gives to Isaac. It's a word that carries very clear lines and guidance for Isaac in a time of uncertainty. In a time where there was great need, not just for him personally, but for his entire community and for the nation of Israel. Isaac finds himself in an unfamiliar place. And why does God tell him not to go to Egypt? Because Egypt was a place where there was provision. The Egyptians as a people were fairly advanced people. And so it's a bit like you and I wishing we could go to the United States of America. Because, or at least I think we would have wanted to go before. <laughs> Whatever your persuasion is. Looking for greener pastures, desiring for something better for us because it seems like there is a famine, there is um, lack, there is uncertainty with where we are placed right now. Isaac did not have the privilege that we have today of the Holy Spirit who can speak to us intimately and personally and lead us and guide us every step of the way. But what he did have was God watching over his life and directing him. And God did this for Isaac because he had made a covenant with Abraham. God is a covenant making and a covenant keeping God. I want us to understand as we step into this new year. Do not live your life casually. Don't just think your life is another life here on earth. When you step in to a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you step into a relationship with the creator of this universe, the very same person who created you in all your uniqueness and beauty and majesty, and gloriousness of who you are. When you have a relationship with Jesus, you move from just living life to having a covenant relationship with God because He has chosen to come into a covenant relationship with you. There are two kinds of relationships contractually. There is what's known as a contract where there are terms of agreement. And as long as each party keeps those terms of agreement, that contract stands valid. And at any point, one either of the parties has the right within those terms of agreement to walk away from that contract. You are not in a contractual relationship with God. Say thank God for that. Because let me tell you, I break my, if I did, I'd be breaking my contract almost every day with Him. But God knew who He was dealing with. And what He wanted was something that was personal, that was intimate, that was meaningful. And with Abraham, He enters into a covenant relationship with Abraham. And that covenant relationship continues with Isaac. 
And for us as New Testament believers, that covenant relationship becomes real because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. That we are grafted in to the vine as it were. And we no longer are outsiders or we become part of this covenant relationship with God where He has made a covenant with you. And if He has made a covenant with you, know for certain that He will keep His covenant with you. Isaac, when there was great need, instinctively looked to the place where he believed he could have provision. But God instructed him and said, Isaac, I need you to stay here. And it is in this foreign land that I will bless you and your, what? Descendants. What is that? Covenant language. So understand, as you have entered into a personal walk with God, as you as a family are believing God for 2019, know that you are entering and you are continuing it in a covenant relationship. Now, what does God say? That I will give you these lands to you and your descendants just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father. God keeps His promises. Everybody say that. God keeps His promises. Amen. Even when I fail, even when I may not be as righteous or good as I need to be, even though I may not be as sweet as I need to be sometimes, even though I fail, I may sin, whatever it is, God keeps His covenant with me. He keeps His covenant with me. You And we see that Isaac goes into a whole sort of relationship with Abimelech as he's here trying to make provision for his family. And this verse 6 says, So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Here's something I want you to understand. God doesn't need your sacrifice. We so often are willing to give God this and give God that. God, I'll give you more money. God, I'll give you more time. God, I will spend more time in prayer. I will set. I will do all those things. But what God really wants is your obedience. Isaac could have said, God, I'm going to make a sacrifice of 500 rams to you. Make provision for me. I'm going to Egypt. Nice altars in Egypt, God, I can make nice altars and I can offer you nice sacrifices. That is not what Isaac did. And I asked myself as I was preparing, I asked God, God, why is it that Isaac didn't do something foolish like so many other people would have done? What is it that allowed Isaac to obey God so instinctively? Why do you think it is? Remember, Isaac was put on the altar. And he was going to be killed as an offering. 
right? But what was Abraham doing? Was Abraham offering an offering? Was he breaking a sacrifice? Or was he obeying God? He was obeying God. Isaac knew that what God really wanted was obedience, not sacrifice. Because he had been there on the altar, dad ready to sacrifice him. And then God shows up. And says, not Isaac, I have prepared a ram for you. Isn't that amazing? Never underestimate the covenant relationship that you have with Jesus. It's not casual. It's not contractual. It's covenant. And in that covenant, you have access to everything that belongs to Him. Everything. As we read on, Isaac ends, to, ends up in conflict with other people that are local in the area. And every, at every point, we see Isaac finds a way out of conflict because he knew he had to stay there. How often have you entered into conflict and thought, this is my time to fly? <laughs> whether it's at the workplace, whether it's in the family, whether it's with your neighbors, I need to find a new society, Lord, get me out of here. I can't handle these neighbors. Or whether it's got to do with church or church leadership. We want to fly from one place to the other. God said to Isaac, In Gerar, I will bless you and your descendants. In what seemed like an, an arena of lack, there was going to be provision. Now in the natural, it would have been the most foolish thing to do. For Isaac to go to a place where he was a foreigner and would have to negotiate. Now remember, it's not just Isaac, his wife and two children, alright? It's their sheep, their camel, their goats, it's a whole community of people that he's got to be responsible for. There's fights over water. There's fights over wells that he digs and every time there's a fight, Isaac goes somewhere else and he digs another well and he finds water. There's never any shortage for Isaac. And I want to pick up in verse 24. In all of this chaos where Isaac is obeying God because he knows, he knows God is a covenantal God. He is living in the midst of this chaos and turmoil. He is seeing God provide for him. He is negotiating with people that are constantly coming up against him. What would we do? Bind that demon in Jesus' name. Cast him out. No. He couldn't cast him out. He had to work his way through that difficulty and come out victorious. And God is with him at every point. And we see here in verse 12, which is what I want us to pick up. When Isaac, everybody say, when Isaac 
planted his crops that year. Everybody say, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. So what did Isaac do? He planted seed. For every one seed, he got an incredible increase return. Here's what we believe as New Testament believers. We're not prepared to sow. And so we never see a harvest. But we all want to reap one. Or we don't sow seed that will bring the harvest that we require. So we'd rather sow seeds of uncertainty in our lives. We'd rather sow seeds of worry. We'd rather sow seeds of lack. And then look at what we're reaping and saying, God, where is this incredible increase? Where is your covenant relationship? And there's not much God can do because you reap what you... Isaac could have eaten his grain, but he sowed it. Because he was wise enough to know if God has promised to make provision... It ain't falling from heaven. What is in my hand is what God is going to bless. And if God is going to bless something, I've got to be willing to sow it in faith. And he sowed it and he had increase that was incredible beyond his expectation. The word incredible means unbelievable. So for you in this year, how are you going to sow at the start of this year? What seeds are you going to sow in your life? What seeds are you going to sow in your relationships? What seeds are you going to sow in your family? Because as you sow, so you will. And God is laying before us a covenantal table, a field, a covenantal field. And when we sow into that covenantal field, what you reap is from that covenant. Amen. So I want to challenge you to think about how you use every asset that God has given you. Every asset. Make certain that you are sowing it to the kingdom of God. That you have the priority of Jesus as your number one thing in your life. And you can work that out. You know how to do it. Because every asset that God has given you is seed to sow to bring an increase. Amen. 
I was in a village, as you know, I went out to this red chili village. And I must bring those chilies, I promise them to you. I will bring them to you. Remind me. And I went to this small village, they had a small church, and the small church had a really small set of speakers. And I looked at those set of speakers and I thought, my God, is this what these 420 people have to listen to music, God's word? And I asked the pastor, I said, uh, it's really small speakers. He said, yeah, yeah, it's all they could afford. They, they bought it. It was literally that big and the hall was three times the size of this room. And I was moved by how excited they were to worship God with even that one tin, I mean, it's literally a tin pot speaker. You wouldn't even attach a mobile phone to it to hear music. But they had it. And they used it when I began speaking and I said, cut the speaker. I'll, I'll just speak. I'll just speak. I'll project my voice. And as I came back, God said to me, what do you have? I said, Lord, we've got loads of speakers. And so I said to that young pastor, I said, I'm going to give you the speakers that we have. And let me tell you, they're good speakers. They're expensive speakers. Don't worry, we'll have speakers next Sunday as well. But, <laughs> but we're going to sow as a ministry a set of speakers so as we can be a blessing somewhere in the kingdom of God. Amen. And God in good time will bring forth a good harvest of increase. Amen. I don't look to man for increase. I look to God. I sow into man. But I reap from God. Amen. Here's this very woo thing we have about giving. It's like, it's almost as though we take money and we just throw it to the Lord. Lord, take it. That's not money, if it was. No. When you give money, you give either to somebody or to an organization or to a person, a church, a ministry. When you work, you don't just work. You work for, what is it? Human inter interaction. That is where we saw that I'm giving to the kingdom. Uh, how does the kingdom express itself? People. So when you sow to people in faith, don't look to reap from people, look to reap from God. Because that's where your increase comes from. Amen. Isaac knew that. He sowed in the natural, in a field. But the supernatural, incredible increase came from above. Why? Because he was in a covenant relationship with God. There could have been somebody else that came and said, I'm going to sow right next to Isaac's seed. Isaac's sowing one, I'll sow two. Let me tell you, he'd come back and Isaac would have 200. God would have beat the other guy anyway. For every two that he sowed, God would have given him more than 100% increase. Just to make a point. Understand this. When you're in a covenant relationship with God, you're in no competition with anybody else. Amen? Because what God is doing in and through you 
can never be compared to what somebody's trying to do in the natural. Can never. Because this is a supernatural equation. This is a natural equation. And you might think of him and say, oh my God, he's got two cars. I have only two wheels. <laughs> he's got so much money. I only have a little bit of money. He's living according to his world. But we are not of this world, but we are. My concern with some Christians, they believe they're not of this world and they also believe they're not in this world. I don't know which world they're in, but we are not of this world, but we are in this world. And so everything I do in faith is done in this world. But everything I experience out of my covenant relationship is not of this world. Do you get it? And so as we step into 2019, the promise of Isaac, the covenant that God had with Abraham, is what we can step into in 2019. When Isaac planted his crops that year, or let's read what it says here. When Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. This year is a year of incredible increase. Because you and I are in a covenant relationship with Jesus. And because he is a covenant making, keeping God, he will come through for each one of you. Amen.